I will do anything just to see you and to behold you as my king. Scripture that was read came from Psalm, the 46th Psalm, reading verses 1 through 11. Very often when we read this psalm, we focus on the part that says, Be still and know that I am God. It is a very beautiful passage of scripture, and its context is about pausing from the busyness of our lives to recognize the sovereignty and the power of God. But today, I want to take a different look at this word, still. And interpret the scripture in a different way in the hopes that you may be encouraged during this most difficult time in our lives. I've therefore titled this sermon, The Still God. The Still God. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you now that we have come to the preaching hour. Spirit of the living God, now let your spirit fall upon this preacher as you hide me now behind your sacred desk. May the words that I speak be edifying to your body. May the words that I speak be horrifying to demons. May the word that I speak be glorifying to you, O God. Spirit of the living God, speak now, for your children are listening. This we pray in the name that is above every name, in the name of Jesus and we say, Amen. When we speak about the sovereignty of God, which I spoke about last week, we are really talking about the fact that there is absolutely nothing that happens in the universe outside of God's influence and God's authority. Nothing happens outside of God's influence and God's authority. Irrespective of who or what someone chooses to call God, if you are going to attribute to him characters of sovereignty, then you have to establish the fact that that God has to have no limitations. Let us consider for a few moments some of the biblical claims about our God's sovereignty. And notice I say our God's sovereignty. In the book of Revelation, the 21st chapter and the 6th verse, God is above all things and before all things. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is immortal and he is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He is omnipotent. He is immutable. Simply put, God is sovereign. In Colossians, the first chapter in the 16th verse, God created all things and hold all things together, both in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. So simply put, God is sovereign. In Romans, the 11th chapter and the 33rd verse, God knows all things past, present, and future. There is no limit to his knowledge, for God knows everything completely before it even happens. In other words, God is sovereign. In Jeremiah, the 32nd chapter and the 17th verse, God can do all things and accomplish 
all things. Nothing is too hard for God. And he orchestrates and determines everything that is going to happen in your life, in my life, in America, and throughout the world. Whatever God wants to do in the universe, he does. For nothing is impossible to him. Simply put, God is sovereign. And finally, in the 103rd Psalm and the 19th verse, it reiterates that God is in control of all things and rules over all things. He has power and authority over nature, earthly kings and presidents, history, angels and demons. So simply put, God is sovereign. So I've gone through all of that to say to you, my brothers and my sisters today, as we deal with this pandemic situation, God is above all things and God is before all things. God created all things and God holds all things together. God knows all things, past, present, and future. God can do all things and accomplish all things and God is in control and rules over all things. God is Sovereign, it means being the ultimate source of all power and authority over everything that exists. And since it is only our God that can make those claims, then he is superior to all other gods. And that sovereignty makes him and him alone worthy of our worship, worthy of our adoration, worthy of our praise. So God is sovereign, and beside him, there is no other. But while we can all say that God is sovereign, that God is all-powerful, that God is almighty, many of us, if we are honest, have a hard time truly believing it for ourselves. When our world and our lives are operating well, it is very easy to say that God is sovereign. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. But the moment a little trouble comes, all of a sudden, the sovereignty of God is not something we tend to believe. Now, there are many reasons why we tend to doubt the sovereignty of God. But the one that I want to focus on this morning is fear. When we talk about fear... Quite often, we think of something that may be scaring us. In fact, we mostly associate the feeling of fear with either the presence of a ghost or some supernatural being, or maybe even walking down the street and seeing someone who may be suspicious looking, coming towards us. This is true of fear, but these kinds of fear are mostly linked to the desire for self-preservation. It's the kind of fear that leads us to want to protect ourselves and our actions force us to move in a particular direction to protect ourselves. But, but I really want us to understand something about fear. It's not that it's just about self-preservation, but the fact that fear in general has a way of channeling and impacting our thought process or more specifically the way that we think. Whether something is threatening or not doesn't change the fact that when fear comes on the scene, it has a tendency to, to control and to change your mind. Fear affects the mind. Fear affects the mind. When feelings of fear come upon us, 
It takes hold of our minds and everything that we think we know or understand flies out the window. In the presence of fear, we forget who God is. In the presence of fear, we forget what God has said. In the presence of fear, we forget what God has done. And in the presence of fear, and this might be the worst of it all, we forget what God can do. The bottom line is simply this, that in the presence of fear, we forget the sovereignty of God. So now... As we reflect on our lives in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, we see a whole shutdown of businesses, schools, and life as we know it. Everyone is forced into self-isolation or quarantine. And because of the highly contagious nature of this virus, everyone is gripped with fear. Fear that we will touch something and catch it. Fear that we will interact with someone and catch it. Fear that we are in the age group that is most susceptible to catching it. Fear that that last cough or fever that we have is evidence that we've caught it. Fear that our government is inept at best and is exacerbating the spread. Fear that we can't stop it. And most of all, fear that we may die. These are all legitimate fears and concerns. And we should take every step to be cautious and safe. But while we are going to exercise responsible behavior like washing our hands and coughing in our sleeves and things of that nature, God has something to say to all of us. And this we find when we turn to our text in Psalm 46. It says in verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not Fear. These are not my words. These are God's words. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. In other words, the psalmist is making a direct link between God as our refuge, God's strength, his dependability whenever trouble comes our way. The psalmist is not stuttering. He is making it quite clear that because God is our refuge, meaning our shelter and covering, because we use God's strength, meaning his ability to overcome, and because of God's ever-present help, meaning always being available to us, we will not, nor should we fear. In other words, God can still be trusted. This is my first point today. God is still trustworthy. Now I looked up the word still. Notice what I said. God is still trustworthy. Now when I looked up the word still in the dictionary, we found that there are about five different ways to define the word still. Still may be defined as number one, not moving. Number two, deep silence and calm. Number three, always. Number four, even now. And finally, number five, Nevertheless, most of us, when we hear the word still, our minds mostly gravitate to the first and second definitions. That is, not moving or deep silence and calm. But the definitions that I want to latch on to particularly for this message are the last three. Namely, always, even now, and nevertheless. These definitions make it clear that when we say God is still trustworthy, what I am saying is that always... In the midst of this coronavirus, God can still be trusted. Even now, 
in the midst of our fears, God can still be trusted. Nevertheless, while the government is tripping over themselves, God can still be trusted. And nevertheless, despite what may come, whether hell or high water, disease or virus, God is still trustworthy. Why? Because God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with all their surging. God is the even now God. He is the always God. He is the nevertheless God. And he is the still God. And he can still be trusted. To be a Christian, however, does not mean that we are super holy and better than anyone else. On the contrary, to be a Christian means that we recognize our own brokenness and our own need for a savior. It is a life of constant repentance and seeking of God's forgiveness, knowing that we are fallen creatures and we make mistakes daily. It is a life where we are no one's judge, for we ourselves are worthy of the judgment. But while all that is true of the Christian, there is something else that is true of the Christian. That truth is we are citizens of the kingdom of God. Meaning that while we live in this world, we are not of this world. We belong to a holy city, the city of God. Now why is that important? Well, the city of God is where the spirit of God dwells. And as citizens of God's kingdom, we are called to live in a way that reflects the reality of that kingdom of God. Look carefully again at the psalm. It says in verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Everything that we know about the place where God dwells is that it is a place of peace, a place of hope, a place of love. But more importantly, it is a place where fear does not and cannot dwell. In fact, we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear. So as citizens of God's kingdom, dwelling in the place where God dwells, we should be free of fear. But let's be real. You and I can say we dwell with God all we want. The truth is we are frightened often and we harbor fear. So what is the psalmist really trying to assure us of? What does this psalmist want us to know? The answer is in the text. Let's look again. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Watch this. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Did you see it? Did you see it? I think you missed it. Watch. There is a river that runs through the city which makes the city glad. And because God is within her, she will not fall, for God will help her at the break of day. America, repent and turn back to God. Because when you repent as a nation, 
then there is a river called the Holy Spirit, which will flow through and make the nation and the city glad. The holy place where now the Most High will dwell. But watch this, watch this. Nations are in an uproar over COVID-19. Kingdoms, and by kingdoms, what are we talking about? The stock market, industry, and capitalism, all of that. Kingdoms fall, but God lifts his voice and the earth melts. For he is with us and he is our fortress. That is the second thing I want you to know about the still God. It is that God still speaks. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. Watch this. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. While everything is crumbling all around us, God lifts his voice and the earth melts. God still speaks. God has something to say in these times. And because God has something to say, we, the church, the citizens of the kingdom, have the responsibility to listen to his voice. We can turn to doctors, and we should. We can turn to scientists, and we should. But after all that, we must turn to God. God has something to say about coronavirus, but are we listening? So the still God still speaks. I don't know about you, but I think when God speaks, he speaks through the church. Everyone is listening to everyone, but the church might be silent. I'm saying to you right now, representing all that God has placed within me, repent. That's the message. If we turn back to God, then God will have that river running through our city. And that river can cure any disease. That river can cure any precondition. That river can cure any sickness. That river can cure any virus. That river runs deep. And when that river streams through the courses of this nation, the nation, the city of God will be glad. God still speaks. God has something to say. Finally, the psalmist has given us very encouraging words about how to deal with our fears. And while it is appropriate in this pandemic season to talk about the disease, we must understand that pandemics come and pandemics go. This disease did not catch God by surprise. In fact, God already knew that these kinds of pestilences would come. He predicted it. But where I want to draw your attention for my third point in this psalm is where it says in verse 8, Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Now, this is an interesting verse because the president of the United States says of this coronavirus that it is the invisible enemy. He even goes on to say that he views it in a sense that he is a wartime president. Well, in other words, and as far as he is concerned, we are at war with this pandemic, and I agree. But I've never seen a war that the Lord our God has lost. So in the context, the psalmist says, he makes wars cease to the ends 
of the earth. So come and see what the Lord has done. As with any war, God breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire and he always wins the war. God still delivers. He never loses and with him you always win. So the still God still delivers. I started this message by talking about the sovereignty of God and how we allow fear to influence our mind and our thoughts to the point that we forget who God is. That's how I started this message. But after recognizing first that that God is still trustworthy, after recognizing that that God still speaks, and after recognizing that that God still delivers, we can take comfort in not allowing our fears to interfere with our faith. God is still God. But not only is he still God, he is the still God. Which means he can still do what his word says he can do. He can still do everything that, you, that he promised he would do. He is the still God. You see, the still God will never leave us or forsake us. The still God will never forsake his covenant. The still God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, if there is any encouragement that you are getting from this message today, God, that same God, is the still God. So when the psalmist closes his message by saying in verse 10, be still and know that I am God. It is not a call to passivity. It is not a call to silent calmness. It is a call to remembering that God is sovereign and that he is in control of all things. And because he is the Lord of all the earth, he will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And my brothers and sisters, I couldn't think of a more appropriate way to end this message than simply to say, he's got the whole world in his hands. 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 May the Lord richly, richly bless you. My beloved. God's got the whole world in his hands. But I would be remiss if I did not take this opportunity to say to somebody who might have just happened to find us on either YouTube or on Facebook. Maybe you've been searching around and looking for a place where you could find some kind of hope despite the self-quarantine and the self-isolation and just all of the challenges that we're facing in our lives. The truth is, and my wife and I were talking about this even yesterday, is that while everyone is now forced to have to talk to each other, there is a high risk, not that people will catch the virus, but that families will start to, to become fragmented. 
divorces now are probably going to go on the rise because now people who might have been avoiding each other now are forced to talk and then things change and you realize the person you've been living with is not the person you thought you had been living with. There are so many things that's going to be uh, 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 the byproduct of this disease. So many dominoes are going to keep falling and we have no idea yet what the end is going to look like. But our prayer is that your family and your homes will feel the presence and the love of God from this message, from the still God, who no matter how low you may sink or how far you may think you are from his grace, that that still God can still deliver you and can still bring you hope. That is the reason why today we have this message. That is the reason why we are doing what we're doing today. And so my brothers and my sisters, I pray that if you have somehow stumbled on this site, and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself, then believe me, I'm telling you as a witness that that still God still saves. That still God still wants to be Lord of your life. That still God still cares about you and your very specific needs. But it, became, but it begins with you asking him to come into your life. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. You have to invite the Holy Spirit in. And it begins with a prayer of confession. The word of the Lord says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again from the grave, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So whosoever, black, white, green, yellow, pink, indigo, blue, or violet, whosoever calls on the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. So if that sounds like you, then I want you to pray this prayer with me. Not just from your lips, but from your heart. Dear Lord, I am a sinner. But you died for sinners just like me. I repent of all of my sins. And I invite you to come and live in my heart to be Lord of my life. I believe that in faith. And from this day forward, I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, then here's what I'd like you to do. I believe with all of my heart that the Lord, the still God, has now taken residence up in your soul. But you're going to have to learn how to grow and to walk, just like a brand new baby learning how to walk. So I invite you to find a church online right now, but when this is all over, find a place where they believe the Bible where they preach Jesus. In every sermon I preach, Jesus is Lord. And the only thing I tell people to do is to just believe. But find a place where you can grow stronger in your faith. And I believe that through this ministry, somebody has responded. And someone has now moved from darkness into God's marvelous light. So I want to thank you all so much for tuning in. I pray that this message has been and will continue to be a blessing to you all. We will get through this together, for he is still the same God, and he still loves you. And in the words of the Reverend Kevin Taylor, and so do I. May God richly bless you, my beloved, as we prepare to sing our closing doxology. Praise God, from whom all blessings flow. <laughs>